After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got to go. Okay, fellas, we are set to go. Let's go. We are kicking. Watch the blue. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, baby. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Please move it. Please move it. Please move it. I'm not going to see this. I made a mistake. I think I'm bang on this. I'm bang on. Okay, gentlemen, play ball. Watch your hair. Good checking, guys. That's good play. Training camp is underway. Well, for the players, training camps are underway. Apparently, NHL officials aren't worthy of their own training camp. Maybe we'll get into that. Maybe we'll get into a few other things. It's the Scouting the Refs podcast powered by Team Stripes. I'm Todd. He's Josh. I think refs should have their own training camp. They do normally, even with return to play, though, Josh. They do, and I'm surprised. I'm really surprised that they're not having a formal training camp either in, in one location or in separate camps for each location. You can do, do a camp in Toronto, do a camp in Edmonton. I, I think that seems to make a lot of sense for the same reason the teams are doing it. You want to get back into shape. You want to get together with the guys. You want to get your your mindset and everything else together. And I feel like it, it would have been a good opportunity to do it. However, that's not where we're at. So it's going to be up to the, the officials on each site to kind of pull themselves together and, and work with the officiating managers to get what they can. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit surprised, Todd. I, I thought that would have been uh, like with the teams, uh, the, the logical next step. The Scouting the Rest podcast is powered by Team Stripes. Check them out for all your officiating equipment, all the apparel you need, training tools, and much more. Check them out online, goteamstripes.com. Follow us along on our social media channels. For Josh, it's at Scouting the Refs on both Twitter and Instagram. For me, it's at Todd Lewis Sports on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, we look forward to feedback, comments, emails as well. Hey, ref at scoutingtherefs.com. In this episode, we'll deal with what's going on, what the plan is for the next week or two until we get everybody under the bubble, seal it up tight, and fingers crossed, get the season started, some of the protocols, some of the things you're supposed to be doing, some of the things that teams are not supposed to be doing, equipment questions, and should refs be involved in voting for awards? We will get into all that and much more. Now, when we last left you, Josh, we knew that the league was going to cut down to the playoff level of officials, but they have now actually named names of those participating. That's right. We've got the 20 and 20, the the 20 NHL referees, the 20 NHL linesmen that'll be taking part in the playoff play-in games and the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So as far as the the pool goes, it's it's being cut down as normal as we've seen in years past, and and that's just where we're at for return to play. So we've got the group. These are the guys that we're with through the uh, the end of the opening round. And I would say, Todd, I don't know if you had a chance to dig through the list, but not not too many surprises for me. Uh, it's a lot of repeat officials. We have no first-time referees there and only two first-time linesmen. So nice to see uh, Shandor Alfonso and Libor Suchanik both making their playoff debuts this season. But I would say, you know, it's it's, it's a lot of the, the tenured guys the the biggest misses from last year dan o'halloran obviously with his retirement out and then on the lines we've got brian murphy and scott driscoll out so i think those are those are probably the biggest changes year over year that we see in the playoff officials i would speculate this is mostly because we're in uncharted waters they want officials that are familiar with the the process at least as much as possible you don't necessarily want first time playoff officials getting their (laughs) 
getting their duck broken in this particular, to use an English expression, breaking the duck, to, to, to do it during this particular time. You'd rather have a more conventional playoff year for first-timers. Yeah, you know, I think it's something that the, the league always looks at, too. You, you do want those seasoned guys. You, you want to see how they handle making mistakes, how they work in high-pressure situations. And, and certainly, these are all professionals. These are the best hockey officials in the world. But you still want to winnow them down to really get the, the best of the best for the postseason. And, and you're right, Todd. I think this is a different and a very unique playoff situation. But I, I think you, you go with the guys who you know can handle it, especially with how, how different it will be. Certainly a, a good learning experience for anyone taking part in this, though, and, and how to adapt. But the, the one thing is you don't have to worry how they handle the crowds because the crowds are out of the equation. <laughs> Unless they let the players in to sit and watch, oh, which yeah, is still be... apparently being talked about. Oh, cool. So. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be a fun thing. Now, the regimen for the officials during the pause was stay in shape, keep working out, be ready. We're, we're hoping to get going soon. Now we have the target dates of, of, of approaching. As mentioned, we're not going to have a training camp. They've been doing quizzes as well. I, I'm wondering what else they can do to prepare for this. They'll, they'll get a couple of exhibition games once they get into the cities, but then it's going to be go time. Right. Yeah. It's, it's as far as game action goes, it's very, very limited. Uh, you'll have I would expect that as they get to the cities, they'll be working out. They'll be working out together and, and brushing up on things with the officiating managers and just getting on the ice and, and just trying to loosen up, uh, you know, get their legs back as much as possible. But that that game action and there's really no substitute for game action. So they're, they're really going to have it come down to that one exhibition game that these guys will be working uh, one or two maybe, and then yeah. it'll be showtime. So, you know, it comes back to your earlier point, Todd. You you really want the guys who've been there before, the guys who are in good shape, that are solid skaters, that can get in the right place to make the call. You, you want to go with the guys you can trust that they're already well-equipped to do this because the compressed time frame and the, the inavailability of camp just makes it that much harder. It is a unique situation that we were all experiencing for the first time moving through. The league and the Players Association put together a dossier. I believe it was 57 pages long of protocols, what to do, how to do it, when we're going to do it, signed off and agreed to by both parties. It was very specific in terms of number of players, number of people that will be involved in the process. They're trying to limit the exposure, and that, of course, makes sense. Now, there was a team in Toronto that wears blue and white uniforms that took a little bit of heat for using on-ice officials at their training camp that opened a couple of days ago. Apparently, others caught wind of this because, of course, Toronto is the center of the hockey universe and everyone watches everything. Uh, teams and others spoke up, voiced their displeasure, and the practice was discontinued immediately. Now, I, I can see why this was the case. They're trying to, as we mentioned, restrict numbers of people involved in the process to keep the risk of infection down as low as possible. But but this is very common for teams to have officials on the ice during training camp and scrimmages. Absolutely. When you're when you're playing games, you want to simulate game action. You want it to be as close to an actual game as it can be. And and that includes having refs drop the puck, having linesmen working the faceoffs, working the lines, calling the icings. And you want somebody who knows how to do it. You don't want to just stick two players there and, and have them, you know, kind of wing it. Of course you could, but th that pulls them from the on ice action and gets them out of the group. And, and if they're not qualified to do it, it's, it's not going to be the same as if you have an actual referee or linesman there doing it. So it's, it's absolutely a part of, of 
training camp strategy when you get into scrimmages and certainly the, the things that we see as the as the camps move on and and as teams get ready so certainly something not unprecedented something i would expect to see across the league i don't know if any other teams were doing it but uh, i can assure yeah. you they, they won't be anymore <laughs> no no and and this is the the difficulty too as mentioned 57 pages of information and guidelines but unless you address something in specific terms then it would be presumed that this was still allowed it didn't say do not use on ice officials the team decided well let's use them because we always do even though they had passed tests and were were negative of uh, the covid virus it was still thought you know what let's just cut this off and let's try to restrict it as, as much as possible right and, and i can i can understand where the leafs are coming from and i can understand where the league's coming from here at just in in their scope and you mentioned the size of the document todd and how much the nhl has accounted for in their return to play guidelines as we're in phase three and moving into phase four and it's not as simple as just the players on the ice or the players and the officials or the players the officials and the coaches you look at all the the ancillary personnel and, and the people that are maybe one or two steps removed where you're staying in the hotel and now you need to be concerned with who's bringing you the room service who's preparing room service who's doing housekeeping and go and find out where they're connected to and just have that that bubble that the league talks about you, you really have to think of who's in the bubble and who's safely in the bubble and, and these officials under league terms we're not. So it's 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 hard to really account for every possible scenario. But I, th I think they've got a good plan in place. And I think there there will be these one offs that, that might work their way through. And I guess it's good that they're tightening them up now before we get full speed ahead in phase four. Sure. It makes sense that you're you're going to have circumstances arise that aren't specifically addressed in a specific line or paragraph or whatever. I mean, it didn't say that teams couldn't use orange tape, so maybe somebody will want to use orange tape and they'll have to deal with that directly. But uh, it's 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 a bit of a working document and project moving forward. But the thing that we're most concerned with is everyone's safety and we're doing all that can be to to help that along. The other thing I will say is, is thanks to the Leafs trying to put some officials back to work. So, uh, you know, <laughs> at least good on them for trying to get those guys a paycheck, right? That's right. They're not having to rely on outside programs. So <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. The Scouting the Rest podcast is powered by Team Stripes, your source for officiating equipment, training tools, and much more. Check them out online, goteamstripes.com. Another story I happened upon had to do with an equipment stick manufacturer that is attempting to enter the marketplace for National Hockey League players. It's a very small number of companies that supply equipment to NHL players. It's all got to be looked at, processed, and approved by the league. But assuming they are granted approval for this new stick, which is really cool, by the way, it's made of carbon fiber, and referees and linesmen will, in a sense, become involved in this because you don't have to judge the curve on a stick anymore, thanks to Kerry Fraser and Marty McSorley and the size <laughs> of the stick. But, but officials are responsible for policing equipment issues. And the, fir the first one that came to mind was last season when David Ayers entered the game as the emergency backup for the Carolina Hurricanes against the Maple Leafs. And he was wearing blue pants because that's what his Leafs equipment was. They made him change during the intermission. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. You really need to watch out for that. And it's it's up to the on-ice officials. So not only are they calling the game and calling the action on the ice, but they need to be watching out for anything, whether it's 
stick infractions, whether it's something that's illegal on, on a player's skates or their pads, or, you know, we had tucked in Jersey issues for a while there. We right. had players tucking them in with elbow pads and gloves to try to get them away from their forearms. So all those things, it's, it's just another thing that the officials have to police and, and they have to know that book inside and out to know exactly what's legal and what's not, especially when you've got either a new approach or a new advantage somebody's trying to take or a new piece of hardware out there for the teams and players to use. Yes, you can't just pick up a stick that you see is is okay and ah, I might want to give this one a try. No, it, it all has to go through and be processed. Much like the goalie equipment is all approved by the league before the goalies get a chance to, to wear it as well. And not all sticks are made the same. There is a restriction on the height of the stick and some players like Zdeno Chara, for instance, are granted an exemption to use a longer stick than is generally allowed. Right. The 63 inch limit can be bypassed and it happened not only for Chara, but for Colton Pareko of the St. Louis Blues. A couple seasons ago, we had an issue where he dropped his oversized stick and uh, Vladimir Tarasenko picked it up, played with it, and the officials blew the whistle, stopped play, called a penalty because for Tarasenko, that was an illegal stick. He did not have the exception to use it. So uh, the, the appropriate penalty per the rulebook was called under 10.1. Interesting to see, but just another example of, of how closely you need to be following as an official the players on the ice, the equipment on the ice, and, and knowing that that guy had an exceptionally long stick is is definitely a, a, a good catch by the referee in that situation. That is a that's a great story to illustrate the the depth of knowledge of the on ice officials, knowing that one specific player has this stick, has this exemption, and if another player happens to pick it up and and use it then that is, uh, is is an infraction unless he's written in for an exemption as well. And I don't know if the Blues did that for their entire roster just in case this happened again. Well, yeah, you, it's based on height and and you can only get it if you're over 6'6". So that exception's only applicable to certain players. I, I do think the league clarified later and, and said that while this was the correct interpretation of the rules, this is not in the necessarily in the spirit of what the rule was intended for. We wouldn't know that Tarasenko knew that that stick was oversized necessarily, or even that it was Pareko's stick when he picked up a loose stick off the ice. We hadn't seen it enforced since, and I don't know if necessarily they would, but that's just another example of you know where the rule book is and what, what we try to look at as far as does this rule make sense and is this what we were trying to accomplish by this rule? So uh, certainly certainly an interesting situation, though, and uh, yeah. I, I think anybody who would get would be able to get that exception will be applying for it just in case. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Now, another another topic for this week one that you dealt with on the scoutingtherefs.com website. And we are always looking for opportunities for officials to participate in the processes of the league, whether it should be considered from the official standpoint when new rules are looked at and implemented they don't they don't get a suggestion or a seat at the table. We do have them now involved in the video review process, which is good. But your suggestion in the piece on scoutingtherefs.com that we let officials vote for the Lady Bing Award, I think is a really good one. I think they would provide an excellent perspective. Hey, we're looking for gentlemanly conduct, right? And sportsmanship. <laughs> and, and while I appreciate the Professional Hockey Writers Association and all the media members, I know they interact with these players on a professional level and probably a little more personally away from the rink. But nobody gets as close to these guys on the ice as the NHL officials. And I think if you're looking for someone to weigh in and have some input on what a guy's demeanor is on the ice, how he plays, how he handles himself out there, I think your experts in that situation would be the NHL referees and linesmen. So I, I think they should get a say in who wins the Lady Bing. 
it's an interesting suggestion. I, as, as mentioned, I like it. Gentlemanly play, I'm not sure how you would exactly define that. Most people would look at it simply as the number of pims that are accumulated through, through the season. But, but you're right that there is a little more description to that award and whether or not you should be voted. Sportsmanship, and I think that's something that's really, that's really kind of lost, not just in, in hockey and in the NHL, but in a lot of society, unfortunately. It also specifies a high skill level. So I think there's, there's a, a real triangle of qualities that you have to have to be voted in for this. Right, and we see that in some of the other NHL awards too. I look at the Norris Trophy when it's it's about being a defenseman and, and a complete defenseman. So not just the highest scoring defenseman, not the hardest hitting defenseman, but they, they really look for that, that totality of, of your play as a defensive player. And it's more than just points that you put up. And, I, and the Lady Bing obviously is as well. So finding those soft skills or finding those things that are a little harder to quantify is the real challenge. And, and I think the best way to do that is really get the people who know that the best and have them with with that additional involvement or that additional expertise have them weigh in on it and yeah it's really tough when you say you know who's who's gentlemanly you know what are what what are we looking for what qualities are we looking for but you know i think uh, i would say as an official on the ice you get a pretty good understanding of of who's saying what out there and how players are conducting themselves and and you can certainly mark off the guys who are less gentlemanly than others i'd say uh, least gentlemanly, I think, is an easy category <laughs> yes. to fill in terms of listing the, the the few names that are involved. But it's from a sportsmanship category, too. That's not necessarily uh, PIMS or lack of, of penalty minutes, but it's just even an official noticing how a player approaches another in a vulnerable position, for instance, in terms of delivering a check. If you, if someone understands their, their position and the vulnerable player's position, it's like, you know what? I noticed this guy has a, has a great awareness on the ice, and maybe that's something that factors in that that not media that media members aren't necessarily going to pick up on. Yeah, that's a that's a great point because you're really looking for that level of respect for your yeah. other opposing players out there, and even the guys who aren't arguing every call, or or the guys who look for an explanation and, and listen rather than just screaming at the officials. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's there's plenty of different scenarios, and and you're absolutely spot on, Todd. It's it's more than just the pims. Uh, of course, guys who are gentlemanly players wouldn't typically have a large number of penalty minutes, but there is more that goes on between the whistles and even after the whistle that I think officials would have that perspective on. So I, I think it's uh, I think it's worth considering. Plus, I'd like to give the officials the ability to weigh in on something. You know, they they do spend all the time out there, and the the hockey writers vote on who's getting these awards. But uh, you know, I think it'd be a little little tip of the hat to the officials to say you know what your your opinions are valued too and this is an area where we think you can provide some unique contributions so i i think from that standpoint as well nice of the league to uh to throw them a bone if they could and, and give them some ballots uniquely qualified good opinions good information they all see more players up close and personal than any media member would so yes i think it would be worthwhile in the meantime though we are getting closer and closer to the resumption of the season the training camps are open Tests are being done. The players are being deemed either fit or unfit to play. I don't know if the same terminology is going to be involved with the officials because they'll be tested <laughs> on a regular basis too. But I mean, we've we've gone even further away from information and from lower body and upper body to fit or non-fit now. Yeah, that it will be interesting for sure of the, uh, the, the medical terminology when it comes out there. It's just getting more and more vague by the day. But I, I think for the most part... The officials that are unfit to play, 
it's usually a pretty narrow category for why, and and thankfully they'll have standby officials there f- to jump in if and when that happens. But uh, I'm just hoping that everybody remains fit to play and and can get back to work safely, even those poor refs that were working Leafs camp. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right. So keep doing what you're supposed to. Wear masks, social distance, help people out if you can. I'm I'm feeling the excitement level building though as we get closer and closer to this, Josh, and, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the NHL Summer Hockey League. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are we going to make this an annual thing? We'll just do sure. the, the Summer League. It's great though. It's it's you know what for for all the time that we spend, and I know it's a lot on people you know, mentally, uh, the social restrictions, everything going on. Uh, I can't remember who said it, but I saw someone on, on my Twitter feed come through the other day and talk about the importance of having those things to look forward to, having those you know those milestone events, or having those things that are a little closer to normalcy, like watching a hockey game or things like that so yeah we're we're getting closer and i I think it's uh it's a nice step to be able to do it safely and to give people that that goal of you know what on august 1st i can watch hockey and things are frustrating and you know going to the grocery store can be a challenge at times but you know what i I can have some of my hobbies back and and august 1st is a big day for many and i'm I'm, fingers crossed but I'm, i'm optimistic that we'll get there safely hopeful here as well have a good week everyone stay safe be smart and as mentioned help each other we'll do it again next week when we're even closer to the resumption of hockey the scouting the rest podcast is powered by team stripes your source for officiating equipment training tools apparel and more check it out go teamstripes.com be sure to subscribe to the scouting the refs podcast wherever you get your podcasts follow us on twitter at scouting the refs instagram at scouting the refs and visit scoutingtherefs.com.